I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, where Luke writes, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. I love Christmas and we, we need Christmas. The celebration of Christmas is so exciting to think of this amazing gift that God has given to the world. So many people have already started decorating their homes. We've just had Thanksgiving and, and many actually shared that they started decorating early. It just seemed to be the year we needed a little hope early. We needed a little joy and peace and love early in our lives. So people have started decorating their homes. I love when we decorate our home. We have so many things that bring back memories for us that are special to us. For example, we have a figurine of Santa Claus kneeling before the manger. It's special to us for a variety of reasons. One, it was a beautiful couple that was a family in our church when we lived in King that gave us this precious gift that had meant so much to them throughout the years. Then they've offered it to us for our family to enjoy. And now they are enjoying Christmas with God in the kingdom of God. So every time we set it out, we remember them. But also love the symbolism that 
Santa Claus bows before the manger just to kind of help us keep in perspective what Christmas is really all about. Each ornament that we hang on our tree has meaning, different ones from different phases in our children's lives and things that remind us of our children and others are gifts from individuals that have given to us over the years and each one brings back memories we remember. But my favorite Christmas decorations are the nativity scenes. And as you might assume or imagine as a pastor, we have several of them in our homes and they mean so much to us. One of the main ones that we set up actually has the stable and we have around it things that appear to be the hay and the straw that's on the bottom and the characters are there. And of course, the baby Jesus, this was given to us by one of my very first churches when we lived up near Cherokee, North Carolina, and the Olivet United Methodist Church gave us this gift. So every year when we set it out, we remember. But we also are reminded of what Christmas is really all about as we set out the nativity. And there's something about placing the baby Jesus there in the manger. We have several of those. We have ornaments of the nativity from my first time ever going to Israel. We have ornaments that are made of olive wood that are the cutout of the nativity scene. And of course, many of you know that my wife loves the character Snoopy, so we have a few of the Charlie Brown Christmas nativity scenes and we're reminded of the telling of that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. I love the nativity scene because it's a reminder of what Christmas really is all about, about God intervening in our world and offering to us the gift of the Christ child. The, the challenge, though, I think, is how do we move the nativity scene from being figurines to being important in our lives? How do we experience the live nativity? How do we experience the meaning of the nativity where the Christ child goes from being a figurine to a prominent figure in our lives? As I shared earlier, as we began this service, this year we will be having a live nativity on Christmas Eve. I, I am so excited about that. We'll have the animals that are there. We have the camels scheduled to be here, and some of the other animals will be around the scene. But to focus on the gift of the Christ child. It's a live nativity. How do we make the nativity come to life for us and in our hearts this year. So through the season of Advent, as we prepare for Christmas Eve and the opportunity to be around a live nativity, we're going to focus on some of the characters that God chose, some of the participants that God chose and put around the nativity. What do we learn from them as we prepare to receive the gift of the Christ child once again in our lives. Now, Mary is a beautiful character in the Bible that we in the Protestant church so many times have a tendency to set aside, I think, a little bit too much. I think we sometimes in our attempt to react a little bit to, are we concerned of too much prominence for Mary, end up throwing out the baby with the bathwater. 
But of all the people, all the women in Israel, God chose Mary. Why did God choose this person to be the mother of God? To be the mother of the only begotten Son of God. Now, choosing a guardian, that is a, that's a tough thing to do. Trying to decide who are, who's going to watch your kids. When Nancy and I first started having our kids, we had to have those difficult conversations. If something was to happen to both of us, who would we want to become the guardians of our children? Who would really love them? the way that we love them. More than just being their guardian and provider for them, who could we choose that would teach them the faith that was so important to us, the values that make up who we are? Who would help share that with our kids if we were not there? Who would lead our kids to become disciples of Jesus Christ if we were not in position to do that. It was a huge decision to make. And God was intervening in the world, choosing to humble himself, take on human form and live among us. Who would be the mother of the Son of God? And God knew this is a vital, vital choice. And he chose Mary. Luke tells us the story of how the angel appears to her. And Mary was just a young girl at the time. It's hard for us to conceive of this. But, but Mary was only 12 or 13 years old. It's hard to imagine. But that was around the age when a young girl was considered to now be a young lady. And to be of marrying age. So she was betrothed to Joseph. That's the engagement that was a legally binding engagement. It, it had all been set, the weddings to occur, when the angel appears to her and says, Greetings, favored one. Greetings, favored one. You're, you're going to conceive and bear a child. You're going to call him Jesus, which is from Yahshua, which means Yahweh saves. He's going to be great, son of the Most High. He's going to have the throne of his ancestor David, reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will not end. And Mary scratches her head and goes, uh, I, I don't understand. How can this be? I, I'm a virgin. I, I've never, I'm not married. How, how can this be? Well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The child will be Holy will be called the Son of God. The Son of God. And Mary then answers, here am I. Here am I. You know, Mary was chosen by God for a variety of reasons. And we can see some of these. One is that she was Favored by God, we're told. Now, I'm not crazy, to be honest with you, about sometimes the way we translate that English word. The, the Greek word there is karitao, which actually is where we get the word charis or charisma. 
It, it means grace. It, it actually means greetings one filled with grace. One endowed with grace. In other words, this was the grace that God had given to Mary. You have received this grace of God. All of us, we're told in the scripture, have received a manifestation of grace, a gift of grace, a different charisma, spiritual gift that God has given. This was Mary's calling. Greetings, one who has been graced by God. She was favored by God. And she was one who would take the time to be discerning and thoughtful. And again, remember, we're talking about a 12 or 13 year old. But Mary was one who would discern and ponder things in her heart. For example, look again at verse 29. But she was much perplexed by his words, the angel's words, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be, discerned meditated, really considered. What is God saying here? And we see this as part of who Mary is. And I think this is one of the reasons that God chose her because she didn't just react and act. She would take the time to discern, to pause, to think about what is God doing and what does this mean? For example, you, you turn the page, a little foreshadowing, to Luke chapter 2 when the shepherds come and find Mary and Joseph and the baby then who was lying in the manger. The shepherds share what, what God had said and what had been revealed through the angels. And we're told in Luke 2 verse 19 that Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. Discerned. What does this mean? And what is God doing here? And this is affirmation of what God had said earlier. She was one who took her faith seriously and what God was doing seriously and pondered them. Later on, when Jesus is 12 years old, you know the story again in Luke chapter 2 where they accidentally leave Jesus in the temple after going there to celebrate the Passover and they have to turn around and come back and they find Jesus in the temple. And we're told that when they found him, Jesus was there teaching the elders, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And then we're told in Luke 2, verse 51, then he went down with them and came to, to Nazareth, went home and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. She meditated, discerned, thought about, didn't just go through life, but discern what God was calling her to do and to be and to witness what God was doing around. One of the things we learn from Mary is to take some time to ponder, to reflect, to discern. Sometimes God is working all around us and we are so busy that we miss it. No wonder God chose Mary. She was one who would take the time to discern what God was doing and what it meant. I think God chose Mary as well because she was obedient. I mean, Luke 1, verse 38 in the scripture that we read, 
when she hears this news, and it's not the easiest news. It's not news that every 12 or 13-year-old girl would hear. Mary, after pondering and discerning, says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. That shows an incredible trust, an incredible faith. I don't really understand all of this yet, but I know this is a God thing. I know that God is doing something amazing and new and let it be done according to your word. And she had incredible faith when she goes following this to visit her relative Elizabeth, who is now in her sixth month, as we were told at the beginning of the scripture. Elizabeth looks at Mary in Luke 1 verse 45 and says, And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Blessed is the one who hears this promise from God, this word from God, and believed that God would actually fulfill what God had promised. No wonder God chose Mary. She was the one who would hear what God said, discern what it means, believe what God said, and be obedient to it. And she was one who worshipped her God. You keep reading in verse 46, and Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She knew her God. She worshipped her God. And I think God chose Mary then to be the mother of God, the mother of the Son of God, because he knew this one believes so much that she is devoted to her faith and devoted to her worship. We hear as you turn the page to Luke 2 verse 22, she takes Jesus into the temple, dedicates him to God as the law of God required. As we mentioned, when Jesus was 12, they went to the temple for the Passover. But look at Luke 2 verse 41. The scripture says, now every year, every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival, the Passover. It was part of their identity. The faith was taught and lived and worship and coming to be part of the community of faith, worshiping together as the faith was vital. How do we know? Look at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Turn over a couple more chapters to chapter 4, verse 16. And the scripture says, when he, meaning Jesus, came to Nazareth, he's an adult now, beginning his ministry, where he had been brought up, this was home. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. Because mom took him to the synagogue regularly. It was his custom to be with the people of God to study the Word of God. And of course, he goes back there. Mary's the right one, all right. She was one who was faithful to what God said before Jesus was ever born. 
raised him in the faith and the covenant and the community of faith, coming to worship as was the custom. And when Jesus began his ministry, mom was still there. At the very first miracle in John chapter 2, when Jesus turns the water to wine, it was Mary who realized we have a problem here and says, listen to my son and do what he tells you. She knew this is the one of God. He can handle this. Do what he says. And John 19, verse 25, when Jesus is dying on the cross, we're told that as Jesus looks down and he sees who's there, well, one of the women right there was his mother. Mom was at the foot of the cross. No wonder God chose her. She was there at the beginning at the first miracle, there at the end with the final miracle. When Jesus dies to give salvation to all the world before he rises from the grave to offer us everlasting life. And then after Jesus ascends into heaven, when you turn over to Acts, which Luke also writes, chapter 1, verse 14, when you hear that the church is now gathering together, we hear all these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer together with certain women, including... Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. When we look at this nativity, God chose some very special people to be at this scene. One of the primary people would be who will be the mother of God. And God chooses Mary. Of all the women, he chooses Mary. Why? Well, she was graced by God. She was one who would be thoughtful and discern the word and the will of God. She would be one who had enough faith and trust to be obedient to God. She was one who believed in God, who worshipped God who was dedicated and devoted to her faith and practice in God, that she would raise Jesus there in the Christian faith or the faith of God and the, with the people of God and the house of God. And she would be the faithful mother with him for the first miracle all the way to the end and following the ascension would gather as the people of God called to be the church. Mary can teach us a lot of things. I want to be more like Mary and receive that kind of faith and trust and that kind of grace from God where perhaps God can use me and just a little way compared to the way he used the mother of God. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your love and grace. And God, we are grateful for the nativity. 
you chose special people to gather together around your son who would then love him, nurture him, and be there with him and be faithful in his ministry and his mission. And God, now we are your church. God, we pray that we would glean from Mary, that we could discern who you're calling us to be and to be faithful, to trust, and to step out in faith and belief so that you can endow us with your grace as well. So pour out your Holy Spirit as we prepare to receive once again the gift of the Christ child as we put together the nativity, as we look at the nativity, let us learn from the mother of God what it means to be faithful to you. In the name of Jesus, the Christ child. Amen.